0: short, grey-skinned beings with wild, black, wiry hair. They look like almost mutated dwarves of some sort. And one jumps immediately to the, the Eladrin, who is caught by surprise. The Korid again, sinks his feet into the dirt, rolls his toes around it a little bit, and swings down with his great club onto Seifel's head, and Seifel collapses to the ground, and Tiriana basically calls from across the circle, "Seifel!"
1: I will put one hand on his over his heart, and the other hand I'll pull out a diamond and press it against
2: my symbol of Io. And calling on Io, Caldark will say, Io says you are not done in this world.
0: I'm a half a mile away or so from the from the top here, in one of the crags along the path, you find a cave opening that, that you feel can hold the seven of you and seems fairly defensible. You can certainly hear, again, you hear the sounds of pickaxes on stone and the squeal of wagon wheels. As you're investigating around this cave, it doesn't seem to have anything more than the opening that you guys are in. A fairly small cave. As you're watching the entrance to the cave, two very small creatures poke their head in with mild curiosity on who you are. They are convinced that you don't see them.
2: I slowly, because I imagine I'm fairly still in my positioning. If they think I don't see them, put my finger to to my lips <laughs> and and whisper, "I do see you."
0: Oh, they shoot back around the edge of the around the edge of, of the, the cave. cave. I am sure. Also, that Gilvarek snores badly. Yeah, like
2: puffs of like smoke and brimstone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right. it, it's not the snoring that we really worry about if you know what yeah. I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> it's the other vapors from the other end that are per- <laughs> definitively more frustrating
0: Oh, oh chromatic God. dragons you fire on one side poisonous cloud on the other oh, <laughs> so the two uh, small green creatures both are carrying pickaxes and like small satchels they set them down very cautiously like by the exit to the cave as far, basically as far away from you all as possible, as if they are very special and treasured possessions. And they put them down by the the exit of the cave, but then they come, you know, 10 feet or so into the cave and sit down in front of the teapot and start whispering back
2: and forth to one another. Simeon rolls his bedroll and pulls up a blanket and proceeds to nod off and rest.
3: And Kess says, may I pour you some tea?
2: We were just wondering about that, actually. Are there cups?
3: Of course. Simeon always has cups.
0: Because he pulled out the teapot. And he put the teapot on. But he didn't bring out any cups.
3: There's cups still are in, in the packs.
2: case that has all of that. You're asleep, Simeon.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm. Kess knows where they are. And shows you the cups. Okay. And says also... Your possessions are safe here. We're under the rules of hospitality.
0: Yeah, but that's Simeon's stuff. You're going through his bag? That's okay.
3: We are. We have been friends for a long time. I'm now mm. on watch. He's gone to sleep. He trusts me to continue the tea. Mm. We haven't been friends that long.
0: But maybe we'll be
3: friends. Maybe. And so Kes elegantly pours a cup and holds one of the cups in each hand and reaches out and offers the cups
0: they both take a cup and sip the tea and it's delightfully aromatic and fruity and delicious and they seem quite content with the sweet tea that has been brewed
3: so. Kess is also drinking a cup
0: Yep, excellent Okay. The rest of your watch is quiet. Who do you wake up when your watch is done? So I make gentle conversation, but without pressing mm-hmm. them. Yep, they will make gentle conversation back and say that they're they are happy that a deal has been struck and that they uh, they look forward to uh, the execution of the contract. That sort of language.
3: I tell them a couple of stories. I don't want to Excellent. press them with for more details about their lives. And I heard the conversation between Kilvarax and Sprocket, so I wake Kilvarax next. Okay.
0: Before and you wake I... them up, where you're pressing for details, where you're pressing for details, what they will say is that they are known as as Briganox. That's the type of creature that they are, and that, that they live to mine these mountains. There are many of them. They live underneath the ground. They are somewhat mortal enemies with the Koreds, and when they describe them, you piece together that those are the creatures that you just fought, or the Koreds, and they are like bitter enemies. Koreds, they are aligned with with who they keep calling Creeping Lynn, the hag that lives on the hill, or Creeping Lin. And uh, yeah. They say that basically their entire existence is to live in the mines and to mine and to mine stones from the mines. And that's the long and the short of their existence. But that there are many of there are many briganox that live kind of subterraneanly. Subterranean.
3: At least two of Learned the, the secret of the mining sounds, and before I wake Kil'Varex, I'm sure to warn them that I am waking Kil'Varex, and Kilvarix. he's the one who looks a little bit like a dragon over here. He's very sweet-natured, but very gruff, and not always in a good mood when he wakes up. So don't mind him if you see some puffs of smoke.
0: Should we go and come back?
3: I think you are perfectly safe here because Kilvarex will see that you are my friends. Are you sure? When he wakes. I feel certain, but if you feel safer, you could retreat to the mouth of the cave.
0: I think we'll do that. And they re- retreat back to like where their stuff is at the front of the cave.
3: So I wake Kilvarex, let him know, as he's just waking up, we have some new friends here. They're at the friends? cave.
1: What are you talking about?
3: Simeon has befriended these briganox here. We've struck a deal with them.
2: Briganox what?
3: Briganox. <laughs> they mine these mountains. Okay. These are Zorli and Oyla.
2: Hello. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm still rubbing the salt or whatever out of his eyes. Puffing a little bit of fumes. And Smoking's what, bad for you. What are we doing with them?
0: Tomorrow, i have executed a contract.
2: Okay. For what?
0: You have bartered passage.
1: Fair enough. Wear.
0: see, it's contingent on itself. See, the price for passage is freedom. And so, as such, we are going to be able to make our own puppet shows. That's the cost.
1: Okay. Maybe I won't wake up, Sprocket.
0: <laughs> it's very simple, really.
1: Are you going to be up with me the whole time? It's not my bedtime. Maybe I will wake up, Sprocket. <laughs> what do you I'm mind, a... anyway?
0: The, we mind the mountains.
1: Yeah, but what? Diamonds, gems, ore, metals, what?
0: I suppose we could show you. And one of them goes over to they have a satchel over by the by the front door. And when they open the satchel, there are a bunch of two inch or so round purple stones that almost look like the like the inside of a geode, right? Like that kind mm-hmm. of material, that like kind of amethysty crystalline material.
1: Am I familiar with what it is or can I tell what it is? Give me a nature check. I just spent a three hundred gold piece. Done. And I'm trying to see if I can find <laughs> some way to replace it. <laughs> and I got a seven.
0: You have you are not familiar with these stones, but they offer one to you, and they say they're called wish stones.
1: And I'm sure Kess is asleep by now.
3: Kess is not actually asleep because Kess oh. is an elf and needs very little sleep, but is taking a back seat in the conversation.
1: I will look over my shoulder to Cass and see if she has any facial expressions or if I can get any information out whether to trust these things.
0: Give me...
3: You can try, like, an Arcana roll. Is that me you want to do the Arcana roll or Kavarx? Oh,
0: good question. I think I may have interrupted. So, I, so you're showing the stones to Cass or I may so, have missed one? You no, know,
1: I'm looking over my shoulder at Cass kind of... Like seeing if she, you know, obviously, kind of paying attention in the background, has any kind of body language that would tell me whether or not to accept or deny this gift.
0: Got it. So why don't you start with the nature roll to go ahead and see if you can figure out. I got a 12. Wish stones aren't something that you're familiar with. They're they. It sounds like a fae wild thing. That's but wish stones. That's not a thing that that you've ever heard of. But you feel pretty confident that you haven't heard of it because they don't exist.
3: (laughs) Not trusting to body language alone, Kes says neutrally in a friendly tone, I've never heard of a wish stone before.
0: Oh. They're fabulous. They hold wishes.
3: Then what happens to the wishes?
0: They live in the stone. And you can save them for later.
3: Huh. How do they come out again?
0: That's a good question. I don't know. We just bring them to where the wish stones go. We just do the mining. We don't do the unwishing. Unwishing? Yeah. I'm not sure what that would call it. We just do the mining.
1: Where did well, the wish sorry. stones oh, yeah. which one are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: Zarly. That's
1: Oyla. I appreciate it. The gift, and I think I have someone that it is perfect for. And I'll walk over and wake up Sprocket. Hello, little buddy. Time to get up. Good morning, Kavarks. Is it that time already? It is, and we have guests that want to give you something. Guests? Yes. Yes.
0: Hi. Hi. Oh. Who are you? Am I? This
1: is like Zar or something and oy, Oyla.
0: I'm Zarly. This is Oyla.
1: Zara, zar, zarly and Oya? Oyla. <laughs> oyla. <With> an <laughs> Oila, Oyla. Apologies. Yeah. And I'm very sorry for my friend Kilvarix here. He has very little respect for people's names. He doesn't understand how important they Yeah, Kess said that he was pretty grumpy. I am Flubalaxium <sighs> Tenderflux, Sprocketophilus, Crimpernip, Wait, Don't, Sin's Sprocket whispered. is good enough. Just, Just call him Sprocket. Sprocket. Mike first! Make off first! And the first. smoke and the fire puffs around his teeth.
0: <laughs> Kilvarix. Wait.
1: Do it's you and Kess be- have a
0: lot of unnecessary names too?
1: <gasps> I have. Kilvarix Tiamanthalish. Of the clan Tiamanthalish.
3: <laughs> Just cast. Yeah. How rude!
1: <laughs> Just, Zar- Just Zarly and just toilet. If you need a simpler name, I do understand. A lot of people can't completely wrap their mind around it. You could just go with Sprocket if you need to. Sprocket. That sounds good. I guess we have a gift for you. Although I'm not sure. Did
0: we offer it? We didn't. Sure. Wish does.
1: Sprocket reaches out and says, so this is a gift freely given, is it? (laughs) (laughs) But his fingers are twitching. Yeah. sprocket pauses long enough to give them a level look he needs an insight check to see if he feels they're being honest sure oh yeah he rolled a five yes fantastic then and he takes it and starts examining it and taking little notes about it (laughs) now make a wish that's it yep make a wish Does this stone seem magical in any way? By what means are you making that adjudication? A physical examination and a 12 arcana roll.
0: Much like Kess, you have never heard of wish stones before. So they are clearly something that is of the Feywild, which by extension probably means they're magical. That's about as close as you can get.
1: I think I'll save my wish for later. A lot of my impulsive actions haven't exactly worked out lately. No, no kidding. Toxicness in wish pouch. But wishes are supposed to be impulsive. Oh, don't worry. It'll be impulsive when it happens. Wishes aren't any good if you hold on to them. Why not? You have a whole bag of them over there from what I understand.
0: I have a whole bag of wish stones. We wish that we had that many... Wi- oh, I just made a wish!
1: Has anything happened to the stone?
0: They're not holding any. They're just holding the
1: bag. Hmm. Too bad you weren't holding a wish stone. I know! Why don't you go pick one up and make a wish and show me? Oh, no. We're not supposed to. Nobody's here but us. I won't tell. Gale might, but we can create a
0: distraction. Sounds like you wish we would pick one up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One might think that I do, but no, not really. (laughs) <laughs> would have been simply mild it just would have been educational so you don't wish to learn
3: <laughs>
1: so Flooding. there is a strange orange koatoan screaming it's a trap in my head so I'm afraid I cannot continue this conversation And he firmly closes his mouth you don't wish to talk more Sprocket and I have some things to talk about. Do you have more mining or something you need to do?
0: You wish that we'd leave? No, of course
1: not. Then the hospitality would be good? I don't know. Wait for Simeon to wake up. I gotta talk to Sprocket.
0: You wish for us to wake up Simeon?
1: No. When he wakes up, he will talk to you. How right.
2: much sleep okay, does Simeon
1: need? Don't wake him up.
0: He needs oh. half sleep. He's a half alpha.
2: No, he is—he is more. Yeah, he's a half elf that needs a lot of sleep.
1: He's only a quarter elf. He just doesn't like to talk about it. I'm just kidding. I made that up.
3: So, what about you, Cass? Do you wish? Cass doesn't answer the question. Says, "Would you like to tell some more stories?" Yes.
0: We would like
3: that. Tell us a story, please. And Cass sits down by the fire and says, What would you like a story about? Ooh.
0: Tell us a story. Tell us your favorite rhyme that you knew as a child.
3: Would you like some more tea while I tell you the rhyme? Yes.
1: Sprocket leans over to Kilvar and side mouths. That was really good. You think she's a mm-hmm. mom? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Sprocket, I do not.
0: So Reminds me of you, my mom. Cass, could you give me a... Let's see. Cass makes a, a horrible grimace
3: guess. at yeah. Sprocket. Do a persuasion check see. to see if you can
0: capture their attention.
3: I have a fourteen. One cool.
0: four. As you begin telling your story, they seem captivated by whatever it is that you're talking about, <laughs> and seems and Sprocket and Kilvarix. You seem fairly confident that whatever Kilvarix, you said you needed to discuss that you could do without them them interfering. Kess has successfully corralled them to one side of the cave.
3: I'm telling them a story about a pearl that was actually a little girl transformed into a pearl that rolled away. And... That happened to my aunt Pearl once. Yeah, and someone fell asleep and met the pearl in a dream and had a long talk with her and persuaded her to come back.
0: Oh, that's a nice story.
1: Sprocket, we need to talk about your insatiable curiosity multiple occasions now you have gotten not just yourself but the whole group in trouble study of the arcane should be done with respect and careful caution not reckless abandon okay a couple of things first I'd like to say that I think that our definitions of reckless abandon differ and I, but I, I do know what you mean But at the same time, I'm not entirely certain that you understand what the word insatiable means. I am fully aware. I know that you cannot completely control it.
2: But please don't try to go behind my back. Allow me to allow you to do what you do, when it is safe to do.
1: Yes, that makes sense. It's probably harder to control myself, and I will try to listen to your advice. Sometimes I wish I wasn't so impulsive. Sometimes it's good. I will regretfully acquiesce that. However, more often than not, it is not. So you must be tempered. No one else here seems to be able to do that. But if you keep going behind my back and specifically waiting until I am not looking or otherwise occupied to do things, you will only get us into trouble. Maybe if you didn't constantly. Nope, you're right. I'm sorry. And it's only about now that Sprocket realizes that impulsively and without thought and impetuously he's been fingering the wish stone in his pocket the entire time when he said, I wish I wasn't always so impulsive.
0: So when you say that, the stone begins to glow brightly, like a bright... Yellow color casts 20 feet of light into the cave. Oh, well, it's in my pocket. So, it's, it, it's a, if it were out of your pocket, that's how bright it would be. So the flashlight like it's, is d- shining d- out d- of d- my d- pocket. D-
1: exactly, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sprocket, what have you done? I didn't do anything. I was just sitting here talking to you. Look at your pocket. Oh, <sighs> huh, maybe it is magic. And he pulls out the stuff. Yep, and it's quite bright. Tyriana,
0: who is next to Seifel in the cave, and they're both deep into their elven their elven rest cycle. And as you pull out the light, uh, as you pull out the rock, the bright light fills the cave, and she just opens one eye. Sprocket, what? I didn't that? do it!
1: I didn't do it!
0: <laughs> Seifel still seems totally deep in reverie. Zir, give me a Constitution check. See if it wakes up. Dirty twenty. Cool. Yep. Nope. You are you are able to stay sleeping if you would like, or if you choose to wake up, it does not have any deleterious effect on your ability
1: on your long rest.
0: I have got some more healing to do, so.
1: Is it getting warmer or doing anything besides glowing? It is glowing brightly. Is it getting more bright?
0: But it lasts for
1: and that's why Koforix gave it to Sprite
0: <laughs> yeah, no it, it doesn't get any brighter but it does seem bright and when it starts glowing the Bragganox while enraptured with the story that Kess was telling all of a sudden both look over to that side of the cave <gasps> you made a wish
1: that's what happens it just lights up we don't know we've never it used it before starting to sound slightly less alarmed that could be handy And he tucks it back into his pouch and draws the drawstrings really tight. Oh, first, though, he does pull it out all the way to see how far the light spreads. About 20 feet. About 20 feet of bright. Yep. Followed by 20 feet of...
0: No, it's 10 and 10. So it glows out to about 20 feet. So it's 10 and 10.
1: 10 and 10. Cool. Yep. But it's not vibrating, humming, melting my hand, getting hotter, ticking, sizzling. Nope. Nope, it is not. That was
0: a good one. Sometimes they're bad ones. You have to watch out for those. But the good ones
1: are good. Fascinating. And Sprocket will go sit down with his little hand notebook and... Steno... Slate of steel. And... Start examining it and fiddling with it.
3: Okay. So, Kess says uh, conversationally to Zarli and Oyla, So, the pearl was like a wish stone too, in the story. What happens with the bad ones? Oh,
0: it, you just know when you're on a bad one. Orly gets sick. <laughs> Me, I just, I just feel grumpy. But Orly, like, yeah, gets sick. And Orly nods his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true.
1: As Sprocket is examining and putting his notes in, Kovarx will lean over his shoulder and say, "And that's why we must temper your exuberance." please ask next time before knocking over chess pieces or wishing with strange wish stones.
2: That way we can be prepared at least for any explosive outcomes.
1: I'll try to listen. That's all I ask. And I'll try to announce, but I'm not sure I'm going to ask. Zir again with uh,
0: as the uh, commotions the wrong word, but as the activity in the cave begins to increase, eventually uh, you do come to what else? And now that the Briganox now see that that the majority of you are awake, and and even the uh, the el the eladrin are exiting their reverie, and safeel seems much better than he had been previously. They ask, "Oh, you're all awake now? Are we ready to go?" I have a fantastic idea for a show for tomorrow night. <laughs>
2: Is Simeon awake too? Yes. Love it. Simeon says once it's time to wake up and he feels fully rested that he just needs a few moments to... He needs a little time while we prepare. He suggests we all eat. He'll, he'll make a meal. It takes about an hour and he'll be able mm-hmm. to prepare a proper meal.
0: Okay. Excellent. So S- Simeon is making meal.
1: So while he's making the meal, Kavaris will be kneeling and praying.
2: Okay. excellent. I, I am able to create three cooks, three special treats, which I will hand out later on as need be. Those three treats will allow temporary hit points for whoever eats those. Um... So, if, it is, if there's anybody who's not fully healed at this point, I would definitely give them one right away. Then I would hand those out as we go. Nope. Everyone seems to be able to have fully healed over the evening. Okay. So, that is done, and I am prepared. So, okay. I've, got three, I've got three treats. They are in a pouch that is easily accessible, not deep in my pack. I will pack up the, uh, and all of that, so we're ready to go. I will, of course, clean my weapons, and, uh, offer a little ritualistic prayer as I'm cleaning and preparing my weapons this morning Okay. Do you offer the Briganox breakfast? Yes And what is it? I believe I have some rations including some road bacon Excellent! Road bacon! My favorite
0: Okay Excellent so is there anything further that anybody else would like to do before we carry on out of this long rest? Kovarix, you have communed with Io. Simian, you have cleaned your weapons.
1: Sprocket goes through the normal stuff that he does to maintain his equipment and gear to ready his spells for the day. Excellent, excellent.
2: Yeah, I'm just looking through my spell list to see if I want to
1: change any spells that I have prepared, but that's about it.
0: <laughs> yep, Sprocket, you... So you were investigating the wishstone also. After about an hour... The wishstone dims, but it maintains its purple color.
1: Nice. I don't think now is the time necessarily to see if it works again, but I'll tuck it away and. Okay. All right. So
0: if there's nothing further, then the Briganox very excitedly say that they can show you how they can show you the, the back entrance to get you into the castle at the top of the hill. And they seem very excited about this prospect because they, as they have uh, sat with the notion of the, contra- of the contract overnight, they've been very, very excited that, that this is going to happen. The path sort of winds again through the through the mountains here. And as you approach the castle, you see the main part of the path wind up and it becomes more steep and a little rockier and everything like that. And at a certain point, the Briganox say, okay, here's where we go. We don't go up there. That's through the front door. And, and nobody ever goes through the front door Unless they're like with her, and we're not with her, we're about we go this way. And they, they sneak off. Uh, as you're walking along the path, you get towards the foot of the path where it gets steeper up towards the uh, towards the castle. And the Briganox wave you over to the side and say, "This is where we go. This is there's a path where we can go ahead and get into the secret door to the stage in the back. This is where we get brought if we're doing the thing that we don't want to do, and that we're not going to have to do anymore after you fulfill your side of the contract."
2: Are there guards?
0: No. Why
2: would there be guards? I'm
0: like sure that once she realizes what you're trying to do, I am sure that you will have to face things on the inside, but not on the outside.
2: No, but once we get inside, will there be guards? There's all sorts of things inside. Like what? She has all these animated
0: marionettes that perform her wicked shows, and we have to sit in the audience and watch it, and it's always awful. we got those. She has these big... Bird things with these things coming out of their head that, that fly around and are bad. Um, and as you look up the hill, you can see they're like birds, like flying around the parapets of the castle and everything like that. And uh, like the uh, pterodons that we yeah. faced? Exactly. Yep. From this distance, they just look like birds, but they certainly could be paratons, yeah, given the height that you'd be going
2: up. I uh, pat Infernalisa and Celestia and say, we've dealt with those before. Excellent
0: fabulous and and then of course there's her too right like she's no peach there's all sorts of things i'm
2: told no hag is a sweet individual to meet no, that's that, that's very true. That's very true.
0: Lead the way. They start leading you through this kind of narrow, winding, gravelly path that looks like it's leading around the back of what you would think. If you were aiming towards the front door of the castle, it's kind of like leading you around the base of it. And you come to a a wooden door with iron banding on it that is built into this wooden foundation. This is the door.
3: How does it open? Do we need to worry about making a noise or is it okay here?
0: I would always be worried about making noise. Why is that? Because she is scary. And if you don't, if you don't like, have surprise, then, you know, she's gonna know you're coming.
3: So we should be very sneaky. Very sneaky. Kess is gonna go in super stealth mode.
0: Yeah. Tiriana also goes up to the door and touches it and, like, Pulls on the handle a little bit and says, "It's not locked, and it doesn't seem to be magical. I think we can just walk
2: in." Then let us walk.
0: So you open the door and you find yourself at the bottom of a
3: like a spiraling parapet
0: that goes uh, that goes up.
3: Kess is going to go first and go very stealthily. With Kay. the Briganox if they want to walk with her.
0: The Briganox opt not to not to. <laughs> they opt not to. And when as you walk up the as you walk up the stairs, you can hear this like demonic hurdy gurdy music coming from, from the inside. And as you get up to the you get up to this landing where there is a, a longish hallway and it's dark on the inside.
2: But of course, guests can see. Yep. So and, from here, and Simeon has dark vision as well.
1: <laughs> Everyone has dark vision
2: now. I have dark vision uh, now.
1: All right. Kilvarix does not have dark vision.
2: Thank you. Somebody does not have dark vision. Yeah. So as you
0: peer through, it trips into your dark vision. So it's very—it's like rough outlines and muted colors and everything like that. But you can see what looks like the inside of an auditorium. It has some candles with, like, gels on them to go ahead and cast different lights. You can see, like, purples and greens and blues and reds. And the Briganox don't want to go in? They do not join you. That They stop at the door to the outside and say, We've led you to the door, but we don't want to go inside.
3: I see. Is there another landing, or is are there more stairs, or is this the end? Nope, this is the end.
0: This is the top of the stairs
3: interesting so Kess turns and looks back at the others and pantomimes should we sneak in what do you think
2: I think we should seems appropriate Simeon will step step forward as though he's going to take point but obviously with (laughs) Kess being more stealthy and able to scout better she can certainly uh, make sure things are not awry as we go
0: yeah, Castriana will let you go in front, but also insists on being directly behind you. And with like a knowing glance, like, we've done this before, like we've- I have reach, you have stealth, this is a good combination. All right.
1: Do we really need to be quiet? I'm not good at that unless I have help.
3: And so I whisper to Kilvarax, why don't you keep Sprocket with you at the back and you can be ready to help us if things go wrong. Let me scout a bit first.
1: Sprocket is already standing, like, a pace or two to Kilvarix's left and just slightly behind.
3: Maybe you can make sure Sprocket doesn't trip.
1: I can make sure that if he does trip, or if I do move too badly, no one hears us. You you realize that I sneak far better than the large clanking dragon can, right, Cass?
3: Except when you trip. Or sneeze. Fine. So, Kess is going to sneak forward.
0: Okay. So, as you as you sneak forward and round the bend, you find yourself here at a at a set of stairs and you see again a large amphitheater and there is a stage up front there are five pinocchio style large marionettes that have strings disappearing up into the up into the ceiling above them and you, there are various creatures like you see there's a lich there's a beholder there's a small model of some sort of dragonoid creature that doesn't look like a dragon that you know of, but is like that sort of shape and size or kind of thing. But it's smaller than a normal dragon. It's not like a huge size. It's reduced down to like medium size. You also see an ogre and a bugbear. And they're all kind of these animated marionettes up on the stage. And on the upper stage, beyond the main square of the stage, it's an elevated platform. You see a, a bright light illuminating a decrepit tree. And there's just a kind of a cacophony of sounds coming from that tree. As you stand there watching, the the marionettes are they're clearly acting like with intent. They're being moved or moving deliberately. And they seem to be retelling there's these bad accent like badly changed voices coming from backstage that are trying to mimic the voices of five distinct characters, but they're not very good at it. And the story that they're retelling is one about, about a dark alliance between evil beings.
3: What do I see in the audience? I'm trying to detect if there's anyone here watching.
0: There is nobody watching.
3: Not even from the circular stage where there's uh, the tree and the weird noises?
0: Nope. The, from up there, always again, you see this decrepit tree with and there's a, a bright light emanating from some sort of stand or something. It's hard to tell from this distance exactly what it is, but there doesn't seem to be anybody watching the pantomime.
3: It's very odd to be putting on a whole pantomime without anybody watching. So Kess is really puzzled. Can she do an arcana check? Sure, yeah. Haha, that would be a seven. What's the question that you're asking?
0: And what are Uh, you trying to solve through your arcana?
3: I'm wondering if there is some magical purpose for putting on this show, since there doesn't seem to be any kind of normal audience present.
0: A magical purpose, no.
3: So, puzzled as I am, I'm going to sneak back and tell the others what I see and see what others think about our course of action. What's our purpose here? This is the secret way in, but what do we do? So I've snuck back and I'm just conferring before we go forward.
2: Didn't the little things say that the puppets were bad? So I would assume that those will probably be an obstacle that we will have to overcome.
3: Hmm. Perhaps, We've but what's opportunity opportunity
1: happening? Are they all grouped together nicely on the stage?
3: They're quite close together.
1: If we get the opportunity to take them unawares, we could perhaps hit a number of them at once. Strike first. I actually like it, Sprocket. Before we do, not all of however, my ideas are bad. I have a new ability that I would like to try out with either you, Cass, or you, Simeon. I have these, and I pull out two platinum rings. They will link us so that the one that is not me will have additional health and bonuses for damage as we share our life evidences. But you must stay within 60 feet of me.
2: (laughs) I'm willing to partake in this.
1: So I will give Simeon the ring and I will cast Warding ball which means that now you get plus one bonus to AC and saving throws and have resistance to all damage, as long as you are within 60 feet of me, but whatever damage you take, I also take.
3: Okay. And Kes says, I'm not really sure whether we should be targeting the weird tree. Remember, there was a weird tree with the first tag. Or the marionettes on stage. It almost seems like they're a decoy. They're not really what's the center of power in the room. I think they're being animated, maybe by I think that the, are doing the voices badly backstage.
2: I think the tree is where we had to plant seeds, correct?
3: Yeah. So I don't know why it, this tree, there's, it's making strange noises. Everything magical here seems to make strange noises.
1: Before, didn't we have to burn down the tree and then plant a new one?
3: That sounds familiar. I'm good at burning
1: things. <laughs> I imagine about the time we become disruptive, the hag will make herself known. I can would you agree. burn
3: them at a distance? I
1: can throw fire pretty far. But for breathing fire, I have to be fairly close.
3: So, if we want to have a surprise attack, having you go in the auditorium is probably what we want to happen last right? We want you to be in the doorway because you're so noisy. No offense, Ben. Sorry. (laughs) So maybe the sneaky ones of us should try to get well inside and then we attack? What do you think?
1: As long as Simeon doesn't go too far from me, we'll lose the benefit. Otherwise, I'm fine with
3: that. So who else wants to go up front with me and sneak in? I'll go.
1: Tyriana says she'll go also. Great. Well, I'm not certain about sneaking all the way in, but I would like to also be positioned near the door with Kilvarks to maybe just inside.
3: That sounds smart. Are you feeling sneezy?
2: Didn't you just say you were going to stay within 60 feet of me, Simeon, okay. and now you're going in? I'm, I'm not great at sneaking, so I'm going to get closer, but stay within 60 feet of you. Okay. If you're not great at sneaking, don't go in.
3: Tiriana and I are going to... in after,
1: because gonna... you'll F up your sneak check and blow surprise.
3: <laughs> Tiriana and I will... I've, throw... I've thrown two ones today already, so...
1: Indeed, yeah, how Aspracon many more ones could you throw?
3: How, <laughs> how about you, Sir?
2: I would prefer to be up towards the front. I could be sneaky.
3: Great. So you can sneak with me. And Tiriana Good.
0: Okay, so Kess and Tiriana and up at the front. And Simeon, where did you decide you wanted to go?
2: I'm going to be like middle of the pack. I'm going to let them sneak. And then once they're in position, then I'm going to try to maneuver in. But if that way, if I screw something up, they're already in position. Okay. And, and that'll help me maintain my spacing with Kilvarax. With, Kilvarex. with Kilvarex, yep.
0: Okay. And Sprocket, you said you wanted to stay back with Kovarix, but like in front of him or...
2: So maybe Moving put you up very
0: with slowly
1: compared to the other people who are sneaking. Yeah,
0: with and safe. is making sure that nobody hits, nobody picks us up from the rear.
3: So, uh, Josh, I have a question about sure. this this structure that is a semicircle bisected by a T <gasps> in yep. the middle. So that, What's that?
0: Yep. So that is up on the ceiling. Those are like where the candles and everything, that's like a, like the central rafters and everything that are holding up like rigging and candles and things like that that are being shown on stage. So that's up in the ceiling.
3: Okay. And the the line near the stage, near the front? What's that?
0: I suspect it's some sort of like low wall that covers up, like the so
1: that when you're
3: in the audience, you can't
0: see the stairs and things. It's probably right, like a, to kind like of a make staging one, an orchestra pit, or something. Yeah, or of something like that. We're right, um, lacking and,
1: a backstage area somewhere to change. I just lost or here again? There you
0: go. Yeah, and I would say that the rigging and things up on the top are probably actually. Let me see if it says. And yeah, the amphitheater see open air amphitheater carved the slope of the mountaintop lighting is provided by an intricate overhead contraption upon which several it doesn't say how high up it is sprocket just up in the ceilings it does say that the elevated stage off to the right hand side though is 25 feet so i would guess that it's probably in the 40-ish yep which doesn't really seem proportional with the stairs but that's unless it's just way up but that's kind of how
1: things... it you know, goes so. up five feet, you got 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 feet up to the top of the wall there, plus an extra five feet maybe. Sure, 40 feet. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. So how do the
0: sneaky folk... Let's start with the sneaky folk. How do the sneaky folk want to move?
2: I think Cass is sneakier than me,
3: so she can go first. And I will follow oh. And Zira, I think that not necessarily going to the same place is a really great idea. Exactly. So, yeah, moving individually is a great idea. And Kess wants to try to sneak along the bottom wall and up toward that barrier. So coming around in a, almost a U-shape around the bottom of the auditorium to take advantage of that cover from the stage. Sure. And be where the, okay. the circular stage... Keep- if there's anyone there, apparently there's no one observing from the tree. Yeah. But in reasonably close range to both.
0: Okay, Fergus, Why don't you move your uh, your your token where you'd like to be, and then give me a stealth check.
3: I'm sneaking this way. Between the lights. And I did a stealth roll a little while ago of 19. One nine. Okay,
0: and how... F- I guess that's only 60 feet of movement, yeah. Okay, uh, you said a 19 on the stealth check? Yep. Perfect. Okay. You. That's fine. You are so. As you get closer, you again notice for sure that these marionettes on stage don't seem to be paying you any attention whatsoever. Um, All right. Cool. All right. Uh, Tyriana wants to go she's gonna try to stick along the wall here so she's gonna go more like down here yeah and then very like artfully jump off of the seats here and try to camp over on this side over here so she will give a stealth check and rolled a natural one
2: a face plants as she jumps off the stairs it was very artful.
0: Yeah, in fact, so Zier, where you are, I guess you were kind of sneaking across, so you you didn't see where, you knew where, where she was aiming and everything like that. Zier, you see her again, jump off of the, off the stairs and disappear from view, and neither of you see her anymore.
2: So, oh
3: dear.
0: Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com, where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast.
1: You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, at TT Journeys, by joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys, or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. And remember, if you want early access to all of our episodes, a chance to drop dice with your favorite hosts, and maybe even appear in one of our actual plays, you can join our Patreon to
2: help support the show at patreon.com forward slash ttjourneys. If you're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible, we would appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Full episodes come out every week on Saturdays, and every Tuesday features our actual play episodes. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And in the words of another traveler along our path, we bid you shade and sweet water.